you know what time it is. It's another episode of Waterproof Records with Jacob Givens, and it is time to talk about Sigaras Untitled Brackets. Here we go. Today's episode is recorded at Believe Limited in Silver Lake, California. Believe specializes in entertainment that affects change and is responsible for various forms of content, including feature films, documentaries, and podcasts, much like this one. You can check out their work at BelieveLTD.com. Believe Limited. We do special things. I love it. I love reading that every time. Second time. It's not like I've re- read it millions of times. I'm hoping at some point in time I've got it so down that I don't even have to look at, a, at, the, at the text. I have it memorized. I say it in my sleep. Believe. Now, I'm excited to be here. My second time here at uh, Believe Limited. And uh, the sound is just... I got to tell you guys, if you haven't checked out my Weezer episode, I mean, it is a big difference uh, recording here as opposed to what I was doing at home. The the sound, it's like I'm everywhere. I am nowhere. I'm every space in between. And you know what's so funny is I had somebody recently ask me in, the, in, in my messages. They said, hey, what Smashing Pumpkins song is that on your opening credits music? I thought it was Cherbrock, but I think I'm wrong. And I was like, oh, well, I, I have done my imitation job well then. That piece of music that plays... Um, at the beginning of the show is me. I wrote it. It's uh, it's some guitar riffs that I did. I definitely used the octave chords that are synonymous with Smashing Pumpkins. And so I was going for that sound. And then if you notice a little bit of trivia in there, there's three different audio snippets to the intro. You can hear I'm a driver. I'm a winner. Um, that is from Beck's Loser. And it's actually from a movie that the title escapes me. It's a movie about a, a car driver, drag racer. Um, forgive me for not knowing it, but that's not what today's episode is about. But I use that one. Then I cut to the Beastie Boys. Um, if this is going to be that kind of party, <laughs> which is setting up this great audio on their album, that's clearly from a movie or a radio play or something like that from back in the day, um, where this guy says, if this is going to be that kind of party, I'm going to stick my dick in the mashed potatoes. And I always thought that was hilarious when I was a kid. And then uh, the last one is you can hear Billy Corgan shouting, bang, bang, you're dead from... Um, from Silverfuck. So I, I basically spliced these three different audio tracks hidden behind the guitar playing. Um, and so I created the Waterproof Records intro. And that voice that you hear saying Waterproof Records with Jacob Gibbons. That's my lovely wife, Jamie. Um, I thought it just... I, I wanted to have that female voice. For some reason, the way that it's echoing and swirling around the guitars, I was like, that's so 90s. That's so 90s. I was definitely going for a very specific sound. But... Ever since I started recording here, when you listen to the audio of my voice and then it cuts to the theme song, the intro, I was like, wow, I think I need to like layer in about 12 more guitars or boost the sound or something. It's just there's a huge difference now from this little demo track I recorded for the intro and what I was using before. And then now it's like so full. So I think what I'm trying to say is I'd like um, a whole 
crew of professional musicians to help me record a nice version of the intro song. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I am working on like a video intro and all sorts of cool stuff as the show is growing. But you're here for Sigaross. That's what you're here for. You saw the the title of the episode. You thought, uh, Jacob's going to talk about Sigaross. I'm in. And I mean, there's a lot of different pronunciations that we have. Those of us who are not Icelandic, you hear people say Sigaros, you hear people say Sigaros, like Ross from Friends. And I was just watching a, a video the other day with Yonzi, the front man and um, primary songwriter of, of the band. And he was saying Sigaros. And I thought, hey, I'm going to do what Yonzi does. You know, if he says Ross, I'm saying Ross. That's that's what I would say. But by all means, pronounce it however you feel. Because honestly, so many of these things I've gotten wrong. I recently was doing a video on their their second album, which is, I think this is correct, Algaitis Barjun. I think that's how you say it. Please correct me if I'm wrong, but I'd always seen it and it looked like, you know, I in my my worst interpretation, it was like I Algaitis, you know, and I had no idea what I was saying, but I I looked at the pronunciation. I think it's Algaitis Barjun, but the album that we're talking about today has no name. It is referred to as the untitled album or brackets the band even themselves refer to it as brackets in an icelandic word um it has gotten a lot of nicknames but when it released in october of 2002 it had no name and it just had those parentheses on the cover and every song on the album there are eight of them um each song was called untitled one untitled two untitled three and so on and so forth now, they put a lot of thought into it when they created it, obviously. That was the, the goal. And since that time, when they were going on the road and touring with that album, there were a lot of nicknames that the band started to call the songs, you know, uh, first uh, or whatever, for first and, and other Icelandic words. And so over time, even though those songs were originally called Untitled One through Eight, they earned little names. So like now, if you look them up on streaming services, you'll see Untitled One and it'll have a name next to it. I can even no. this. This would be terrible if I sat here and just tried to read to you how to pronounce the titles. But let's bring them up. I'll, I'll have them as an example. Untitled number one, Vaka. And I believe that that is the name of one of the band members daughters. Um, not 100% certain on that. Untitled two, Firsta. That means first. Um, and then the rest of the titles, you know, that you, you can look it up. I'm not going to butcher these. Um, but anyway, so the intention of the album, obviously, if you think about it, parentheses, right, that has a lot of meanings because the space between the parentheses is blank. It's nothing. So you could interpret that the album cover essentially means that it's, it's up to you. It, it, it is titled whatever exists within that space. And then there's a lot of other theories about the two sides because the album has eight tracks and there's four in the, in the top. And then there's a 30 seconds, 36 seconds of silence after the fourth track before the fifth on the original CD on the original album. And then the last four, uh, six, seven, no, uh, five, six, seven, eight, the last four. So there's a separation between the two. So the band was also trying to attempt that there's one through four 
and then there's five through eight and there's this separation between the two and the album kind of tonally shifts you can tell that the the first half of the record is is different than the last half the first half is a little bit more uplifting and it's got a lot more uh not a lot of guitar heavy work there's a lot of like sampling of yonzi's voice and piano and it's very pleasant and and uh, melodic in that way and then you get to the last half and it's a little darker there's more guitar work into it and so that's another aspect you've got these two halves separated by 36 seconds in the middle now you don't see that a lot you don't hear it on streaming services um i don't believe it's included i don't think that there's a gap that they have when you stream this album so you would have had to have experienced that and in a lot of ways it actually mimics the idea of a side one and a side two of a, of an album of a vinyl funny enough though this album it ends up happening the 36 seconds uh, space on vinyl ends up happening i think on the side two because these songs are so long so it's not it's not even like between the albums or anything anyway but this this record was really my first introduction to the band. They're from Iceland and their genre is called post rock. And what does that mean? If you're unfamiliar with post rock, post rock is a style of music that some artists uh, in the nineties were known for experimenting with. And that's bands like slint, um, shying away from structure and chord progressions and verse chorus and really embracing the timber, the tonality, the feeling behind a song. And that's really what post rock is. It takes all the rules and elements of songwriting and kind of throws them away and experiences the music in a lot of ways like classical was, you know, like classical music was. It was a lot more of that feeling. You know, there's a term in uh in music composition called uh, tempo rubato and that's like uh speeding up slowing down you know that's like when you see a pianist who's sitting behind uh keys and they begin to increase their speed or they slow down and they're just kind of feeling through the piece the music and that happens in a lot of post-rock i believe it's it's kind of emotionally driven and that's what really grabbed me at the time when i first heard this um, I wasn't able to hear uh, the the first albums, Vaughn and Algaitis Barjun, until after I heard Brackets or Untitled. It was 2002, and as this Icelandic music was starting to make its way and in, more into the mainstream for us here in the States, that was really the first time I heard it. Um, I may have encountered some of the sounds through films like Vanilla Sky. I know that they featured Sigaros. Cigarettes in that. Oh, look, I just said cigarettes uh, in Vanilla Sky. And I'm sure like Star of Fleur off of uh, the previous record was in some stuff that maybe I heard. But it was really this untitled album that I was introduced to. And I was like, OK, this is the band. And this opened up, blew the doors down for post rock for me. I, I think I probably spent five years almost listening to nothing but post rock. <laughs> I think I was just somewhere in my life. I was a, a young, you know, 20 something man living in Los Angeles, newly arrived here, trying to find my way. And I was listening to, you know, uh, this will destroy you. And God is an astronaut and, and, and explosions in the sky and all of these post rock bands. There was just something about it at the time that really spoke to me. I needed a little less, lyrically driven stuff and i needed that instrumentation i needed to feel something maybe it was the countless hours sitting in my car in traffic but just feeling 
that timber of the music, you know? And that's the thing that I think took my breath away about this band is you can honestly say in the post-rock movement, they are on their own. They are unique and they sound like they're from another planet. They sound like they're from an elf village that's hidden, you know, somewhere in a forest. His vocals, his high vocals, the, the, the high range of singing that he has that kind of drifts in and out. It really is so unique and you have to be in the right headspace for it, I believe. But there's so much creatively, uh, you know, so much creative stuff going on within this. If you if you have yet to check out this band, um, I would probably start on talk. Talk is a good place to start. That's the album that comes right after this. Um, just because I think that that is a really, you know, they had some singles on it. Hop, hop, <laughs> man, I should write down all the titles. Hopalala, uh, Glossily, all those beautiful songs that they have on that album. Um, those are great tracks that I think made it into film and television. And, and if you heard them and you've never really been familiar with the band, you'd be like, Oh, I remember seeing a montage in a movie that had that pretty song. Um, but the, the brackets album is a, is an interesting place to start. And I'll tell you why they are an Icelandic band. Yes. They sing in Icelandic. Yes. But sometimes, Sometimes, if you didn't know, Yonzi created a made-up language of gibberish. It it's just sounds. It's not. There's no words being spoken or sung at all. It is just the phonetic sounds of of his voice as an instrument. This doesn't really occur entirely for a whole album until you get to Untitled. Until you get to brackets. Up until this point, on Vom. That is in Icelandic, except for the song Vaughn. Then on Algaitis Barjun, that's all also in Icelandic, except for Olsen Olsen. So in their early days, he was experimenting with this language. This language is referred to as Vonsleska, which that is based off the word Vaughn means hope in Icelandic. And Slenska means um, Icelandic, Islenska. So Vonsleska is means hope landic and so there's two ways of saying it so the the made-up language is referred to as hope landic and on brackets that's the album where the whole thing is that from start to finish and so if you were to just sit somebody down out of the gate and be like try this it's a it's a good experiment i remember at the time i was talking to um a buddy of mine um, and he and I were talking about this record and as it was coming out that it was gibberish and not actual words, he was so, he was like, you would not believe it. Me and my friend got into an argument about what was being said, what the words were. And we were, we were in an argument about the interpretation of, of no, it means this and no, he's saying this and it's this. And I thought that was so interesting. Like, here's these phonetic sounds that don't really mean anything. And they, they had deciphered, oh no, he's definitely saying this. So it's an interesting experiment if you go in kind of blind and have no understanding or history of the band. But I would say it almost would be better to explore maybe the, the foundations that, that they got to before this, before you get here. I would say as in this is an advanced, this is advanced cigarettes, if you will. <laughs> um, but one of the things that really strikes me. And I may be wrong about this, by the way. I have not checked in with the band. <laughs> I, I should. 
because I'm now in somewhat communication with them, which is fantastic. I'll tell you that story after this. But I, one of the things that I love about this record and of post-rock, Untitled 3 is probably my favorite song on this album. It's just this hypnotizing piano that that really drives through the whole thing and it builds. Now, if you haven't been into post-rock, what I find to be so fascinating is there is a sense of free time that's happening there. As in, there's no discernible, there's not like a click track, a metronome. We're not really following a structure. It doesn't feel like the artist sat down and they looked at each other and they go, okay, I'm going to play this piano thing 48 times, 48 measures, and then you're going to come in with the bass, and then you're going to come in with the drums. It doesn't feel like that at all. Now, I could be wrong. Sigaros could come to me and say, like, we absolutely wrote out every single direction that we were going, and we knew the measures that we were going to do. But I don't think that's the case. And I don't think that's a, the case for a lot of these post-rock bands, is that it's a lot more about being led and, and feeling where the song is taking you. And it might be discovered through several rehearsals or whatnot. But when you listen to Untitled 3, do me a favor, pop it in, listen to it. And if you've never been in a band, one of the joys of jamming with your friends in a band is that feeling of there's no real time for this song to end. Like, let's say, for example, you sit down, you start playing some chords and then the drummer comes in. And then you look to them and they start kind of speeding up their drums or adding a little bit more intensity. So you kick on the distortion pedal and then you rock out. Then your buddy starts coming in the bass line over here and you're jamming. You're making up the melody as you go. But it is the energy that you're feeling in that space, in that room. And nobody is making a decision as to where the song goes except for the energy of the room and where the feeling takes you. And I love that because I think you experience that in this genre and specifically, specifically on this album. It feels as though there's really no boundaries or rules as to how long this song could go. It could go on for 20 minutes. It could go on for five minutes. It's just about what they're feeling in the space. And it's very hypnotic and very meditative and you can get lost in it. And so creating an album that has no titles to the songs, no title to the album, the cover art, if you've never seen it, when it came out, it was white. And then you saw the parentheses and you would slide out the cover and it revealed all this artwork, but it was black and white. It was very simple and plain. And that is a cool piece of art to give to the world to say, here is this feeling here are these feelings in music and we're going to give them to you and they're going to speak to you in a very specific way. So untitled number one could feel this way or untitled six could feel this way. And it was up to you. And when you heard Yonzi singing and hope Landic, you could almost make up what it was that was behind those sounds. You could create in your mind. Yeah, I don't understand Icelandic because Hopelandic does because of his native language. It definitely sounds like it could be from that part of the world more so than English. There's, there's elements um, where you do hear like, Oh, is he saying it's you, you know, that's what it sounds like on that song. But um, it's very interpretive. And I find that to be 
such a cool experience. Um, this really is one of my favorite uh, bands. I, I, I would say Cigarettes is in my top 10 bands of all time. Um, I only got a chance to see them one time so far, but guess what? They're touring again. <sighs> Five years since they've toured last. And in my adult life, I really haven't had a chance to see them. I saw them in Los Angeles at a theater. It was a movie theater and it was an acoustic set. And I want to say it was 2005, 2006. So it's been, it's been a minute. But back then they had a film that they'd made called Haima. And Haima was like a, a music film. It's essentially beautiful shots, sweeping shots of Iceland and then footage of them playing both like kind of acoustically in a field or in a little studio space. Also giant, um, you know, giant concert arenas and the much bigger scope stuff. But the, the film is really just not there's a little bit of talking a little bit of interviews here about you know the music and and sounds and whatnot but i went to go see a screening of it with a buddy of mine named alex and we went and saw it and um it was in this movie theater space and the band showed up and then uh they screened the movie and then afterwards they played um a couple songs acoustically and it was beautiful it was lovely and um right when it was over there was an opportunity to get closer and kind of, you know, say hi to the band. And I, I think I vaguely remember this, but I remember people were starting to ask for signatures and autographs and it just, for, it looked like the band, especially Yonzi was just so overwhelmed. If you've never seen him in an interview, he is a much more introverted person. Um, he is not somebody who you think really, you know, he's not like me guys. He's not like standing there and going, please shine the spotlight on me. He's, he's, he's a little bit more of a, um, a private guy. And, um, I could sense that in person when I, when I walked up close and I, I don't remember asking for an autograph or anything like that, because those, those, those moments that you go, I'm not going to be that guy. You know, there's one thing you learn living out in in, uh, in Hollywood and in the West Coast is you very quickly don't want to be that person who bugs the celebrity. You see them all the time. And I've really held out on those moments that you actually want to say something because it's just way cooler to meet them under a circumstance that, you know, it's like a, a peer. Or it's like a social. You're just kind of standing in line and it's like chit chatting. That's the cool way to do it. When you go up, you're like, oh, my gosh. Now. I have, oh my gosh, oh my godded about uh, some celebrities, and I'll I'll tell you those stories some days. But, um, but anyway, so I don't I don't remember pestering uh, poor Yonzi as he was being swarmed by all these people. But it was a beautiful experience. But I am excited to finally see them in their the full you know the full concert because if you've never seen live footage of them play, Yonzi has a violin bow. And he uses it on his guitar, just, you know, makes that sound. And there's just such a huge walls of sound that come out of this band. And I cannot wait to experience it live. I think it'll be one of those transcendent nights. And I can't wait. And I hinted earlier that I've gotten kind of connected to the band. Look, we're not in each other's phones yet. I'm not texting uh, Cigarettes on the regular. But... If you didn't know, I made a video last year on my TikToks on the old social media. I made a video in honor of the first time I heard Starfleur 
off of Our Guide to Sparjun. And I chose that song because it's funny. I have to be honest with you guys. I heard that song, I think, after I heard Brackets, the album that we're talking about today. But there was such a specific feeling that I got when I heard that song that I was like, I have to make this video. And that was me being submerged in water. If you've never seen the video, it's basically I'm sitting there, I'm doing my thing, I'm talking to myself. And then um, it's like the moment that the bass kicks in and that beat drops, I have myself fall into a pool slowly. And it's like I'm being surrounded by water. Um, I think I could have gone with pool or outer space when I was making it. And honestly, it's just a lot easier to film in a pool. <laughs> so maybe someday I can get on one of these space shuttles going going uh, out of our, our, our galaxy and uh, not out of our galaxy, out of our planet. <laughs> maybe I can get on one of these ships and get out of space and record me doing a reaction TikTok in space. That's the goal, guys. That's what I've made it is when you see a TikTok and I'm on a shuttle. <laughs> it's like gravity. Just out there. What's Jacob doing? I spending a billion dollars to make a TikTok. Um, anyway, but I, I made this video, this this TikTok reaction to that song, and I put it out there. And after I was done with it, I ended up in the Icelandic newspaper and their their online paper. I, I somebody sent me an article. They were like, "Look, you made it into the Icelandic news." And there it was. It was an article about me making the video, and I saw it was all written in Icelandic. And I plugged it into the translator because I wanted to make sure before I because I screenshot it and I made a video about how I ended up in in the Icelandic news. I translated it for because I wanted to make sure they weren't like making fun of me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I didn't want to make this video of me falling into a pool listening to cigarettes and they're like this fool, this foolish American practically drowns himself to show what could easily be listened to in his house. But no, it was very nice. It was very kind that it um, it liked what I had done. The the article was supportive, and I was I was so excited. And this was yeah, this is many months ago. So I put it on there, and I think even in that video, I was like, "Can somebody tell Cigarettes, please?" And hey, matter of time, baby. It finally got to the band, or you know, somebody who represents the band, and uh, they reached out. And they followed me back, and I saw that blue check that said cigarettes, and I was like, so sweet. So I've made touchdown has been made, and uh, I I hope I can you know meet the band someday, maybe do some media with them. Now I do respect their privacy and and how uh, introverted Yonzi tends to be, and a lot of the band members are actually pretty introverted. Um, but I'm just honored that they have seen my tribute to them, and I hope that this podcast crossed their desk, and they see that I'm I'm just a huge fan. I'm a big fan of that band, and I love what they do. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I wanted to cover before I got out of here. I tried to have a few notes this time, because last time on Weezer, I was really winging it. Um, but this time around, I did want to talk about, you know, it was important for me to cover the the style of the record of it being this open space, this two sides, empty in the middle, four, four songs in the beginning, four songs in the end, separated by 36 seconds. What a what a concept behind that. Um, but there's so many good albums that the band has put out and a lot of them, you know, I had people when I put the video out there, they were like, did you know that 
all they um, sing in is a made up language. And then there were Icelandic people who would comment on my videos and be like, I'm from Iceland and this song is definitely in Icelandic. So it's important for me to point out to you guys that not everything that they do is in um, von, von Slenska, von, von Lenska, von Lenska, Hopelandic. Um, he does it occasionally. He does it every now and then. And I think maybe when the moment uh, calls for it, when the music calls for it. But post-rock is a really, really important genre of music. And I know post-rock might sound pretentious. You know, whenever you put post, you know, it's like post-modern. You just, you just immediately, you, you think of somebody going to be kind of uppity at a party, you know, just kind of talking down to you. But if you want a piece of music that isn't uh, filled with lyrics and singing or you have to look in layered meanings of, of what are they singing about or what is this song? Is this a love song? Is this angry? Whatever. And you want to experience music that can lead you through just the sound, the timber, the tone, the movement, the shape of it, if you will. Uh, this is this is a great band to, to start with. And then I would highly recommend Explosions in the Sky is one of my other favorites of all time. Um, they haven't put out a record in a, in a hot minute and I will do an episode on them at some point in time, but they are incredible and there's no singing in their music. And there's other guys, Mogwai, you know, uh, Godspeed, you black emperor, another great band. But, um, Sigaros is, if you want to go to another planet for about an hour and a half, then this is the, this is the band for you. But I hope you guys have enjoyed this. Uh, I didn't spend too much time, you know, dilly dallying. We kind of covered, I think, uh, mostly what I wanted to talk about, which was the concept, the theme, the fact of it not being named and the, and the stuff about the language. That's one of the key things to know. But there's a lot of cool uh, pieces of music that the band has put out. I highly recommend checking them all out. And again, if you're new, then uh, there's, there's a lot of places you can explore. Sometimes they go super dark and very heavy. Um, in their music and um, and recently over the past decade they have gotten incredibly experimental there's even pieces of music that they released online that just were like different sounds and whatnot so you know some of that isn't necessarily what you want to put on in your car while you're driving home but it's if you are interested in kind of uh, experimental music then they've got plenty for you but I'm thrilled that they're going to be on the road and hopefully I'll have some media and content to put put towards you guys once they do that but uh thank you so much for joining me yet again on another episode of waterproof records um we'll see you next time <laughs>